you know, you can make your own rules if you'd like, but uh, these are the rules that I try to study the Bible by. Uh, rule number one, use the Bible itself as the primary source of information about the Bible. All right? And I think, I think that's really, really important. Uh, I use 1 Corinthians 2.13, which things also we uh, speak, not in words which, uh, which man's wisdom teacheth, but, uh, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual things. So the Bible is a spiritual book, so I think the Bible will be the uh, main source uh, to use. Rule number two, personally explore the Scripture apart from conclusions that Bible scholars and other people have drawn uh, from their study of the Word. 2 Timothy 2.15, study that shows itself approved unto God, a workman that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of Truth. And uh, so whenever you're studying the Scripture, uh, you can get all kinds of information of what uh, people think about certain verses and stuff. But until you dive in yourself and take the time to study it, uh, you'll be tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. I mean, people will drag you all over the place. And what we're about to study tonight, as I've mentioned before, I was up in Salina and was talking to a guy, and, uh, you know, he's a Jehovah Witness, and I thought, okay, I can be a witness to this guy, and he thought he could be a witness to me. <laughs> and, and then one day, uh, he, he mentioned this piece of Scripture, and uh, I thought, my, 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 if you would just focus on Jesus Christ, it would really... Uh, help you out a lot. And then after that, I thought, okay, I'm good in the clear. And then we went to a church down in West Virginia, as I mentioned, and they was having a whole class on it. I think the class, I'm not for sure, was about 12 weeks. And uh, uh, initially, I was interested in it. And I went down there for the first class, and that was the only class that I was available to attend, but they had some material and stuff. And uh, we, spent, uh, we spent most of the time watching a YouTube video. And this guy, he could articulate words. I mean, he was, he was good. But, uh, you know, I'm, uh, okay, this word in the, uh, in the Hebrew and all that and uh, different things. And I, so I took the material, and uh, I was going, uh, I had every intention of watching the, the, uh, the multiple YouTube uh, videos and stuff. And, but uh, one thing as a, as a rule, uh, study, okay, study the Bible. What does God tell us when we study the Bible? If any man lack wisdom, who are we to ask? If any man lack wisdom in James, the let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberty and upraiseth not that shall be given him. So the Bible, God himself tells you, if you want to know what the scripture says, ask me. And that's, that's kind of a rule that I've, uh, you know, and, uh, and I, you know, I ask a lot, okay? It's like, God, you got to help me on this one because I think I know, but maybe I don't. So uh, uh, rule number three, context rules. It may be necessary to study the whole book to understand the context. 1 Corinthians 2.4. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but the demonstration of the Spirit and of power. So uh, try to keep it in context, uh, because I, you can take stuff out of context, and you really can almost make it say anything you want it to say. But what is the Scripture truly saying? Rule number four, follow a literal approach to the Bible. All right? And I think that is very important. Literally, it says literally what it means. And uh, look at this, 2 Peter 1.20, knowing, uh, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. Nobody has the handle on the Scripture except God himself. So if you want to study the Bible, ask God. That's what the Scripture tells us to do. Okay, rule number five was deleted because, uh, you know, I just thought it wasn't nice to Chris and all that. So I took rule number five off. You'll have to ask Chris. He can tell you what it was, I'm sure. 
he, he forgot, okay. Probably a few of the women haven't. My wife hasn't. So uh, now, and my wife is sick, by the way, and as I was leaving, she apologized. She said, oh, this is uh, part two. I am so sorry because, uh, you know, you think, okay, why is Laura not here? Well, she knows what I'm going to say, okay, so she didn't need to. No, she was sick, and she's not feeling very well. And then she also has an ablation coming Monday. Uh, so uh, we're going to take her over to Columbus, and they're going to run some stuff up into her heart and shock her heart and try to uh, correct a little uh, uh, tachycardia issue she has. And uh, she's nervous, so pray for us. I, I, she'd appreciate it. Now let's address the second question with the use of Scripture only, okay? And uh, uh, did angels marry human women and have babies by them as some would have us to believe? That's our uh, second part. That's our question. We went over some of this uh, last Wednesday night, but we're going to go over uh, the verses and stuff, and then we're going to go into what does the Scripture say, okay? And let's see what, we can, let's see what God will tell us. Because I've asked God, God, your scripture says, if any man lack wisdom, I lack wisdom. And I don't want man's wisdom. I want to know what your scripture is telling uh, us as uh, believers. Okay? And I believe God has answered my prayer. And uh, tonight you'll see what God has given me through the study and prayer of his scripture. All right? The teaching is derived from Genesis 6, 4. There were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God, now notice that phrase, the sons of God came unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them. The same became mighty men, which were of old men of renown. To understand the context, we will begin reading in Genesis 6, 1 through 7. I have the scripture up here, uh, but uh, you know, if you have your Bible, you can read for yourself. I think it's good for you to actually read the scripture yourself as I go along. I'm really looking at the slides. Uh, because uh, I've got it up there to try to make it easy for myself. So Genesis 6.1, and it came to pass, and I've got some things underlined here, when it came, it, and it came to pass when men, now look at that, men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with men, for uh, that he is also flesh, okay? We're talking about man, flesh, okay? Uh, yet his uh, days shall be 120 years. They were giants in the earth in those days. Have you ever wondered, God, why'd you put that in there? <laughs> man, you know, it's kind of like, okay, this is a stumbler, okay, God. But you notice that it's got a semicolon. What does a semicolon mean? I have no clue. I really don't. I spelled English, but uh, you know, there's a semicolon there, so it means something. But I didn't study out what a semicolon means so I could understand that. But I know it changes a little bit of the thought, possibly, maybe. Am I correct or not? Okay, we'll go with it. All right. Okay. <laughs> they were giants in the earth in those days. And, and also after that, when the sons of God, there it is again, the sons of God, okay, came into the daughters of man, and they, were, uh, and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men which were of old men of renown. And God saw that the wickedness of who? Man. The wickedness of man. All right? Nowhere thus far is an is angel mentioned. Okay? Nowhere thus far. The wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of the heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man, okay, on the earth, and it would grieve him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man 
whom I have uh, created from the face of the earth, both man, beast, creeping things, and the fowls of the air. For it repenteth me that I have made them, okay? And no words angels mentioned, okay? So the context is uh, that man, which is human flesh, is multiplying and becoming exceedingly wicked to the point that God is going to destroy mankind and beasts, creeping things, fowls of the air. Now, I went over this, and I can do this in 20 minutes if I stay on topic, okay? So we'll see how it goes. Notice that man is multiplying and daughters were born into them in verse 1. This is not hard to understand. The problem seems to be in verse 2 with the phrase sons of God. So, I mean, it's there. So now you tell me who the sons of God are, all right? Nowhere in the context of, this, of these uh, verses was any mention of angels. But now, for me to tell you that sons of God does not mean angels because it's not in the context, you're going to say, okay, back it up with Scripture, right? Well, let's, we'll see. All right, God has, also one, uh, God has only one begotten Son. Now, if you look up the phrase Son of God, it's mentioned in Daniel when the uh, Hebrew children were cast into the fire and Nebuchadnezzar looks in and he says, well, who, who's this uh, 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 fourth as of the Son of God? A singular son. So uh, as I was doing this, and I looked up sons, and you'll see, and then as I was at work today, I was thinking about this, and I thought, oh, no, I didn't look up Son of God. Okay. <laughs> so right before the service, I looked up Son of God. And every incident is talking about Jesus Christ. It's mentioned one time in the Old Testament, Son of God, that's in Daniel. It's mentioned multiple times through the New Testament, and in the context, it's always referring to Jesus Christ. I thought, whew, thank you, Lord. Okay. All right, so uh, we'll move on. I just thought I'd throw that out just in case you was uh, uh, thinking about it. God has only one uh, begotten Son, and His name is Jesus Christ, and is found in John 1.14. And the Word was made flesh. The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John 1.18. No man hath seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, He hath declared Him. Now, Adam is referred to as the Son of God, and this is some of uh, what we went over. Adam's referred to the Son of God in Luke 3.38, and this is what the Scripture says. Which was the son of Enos, which was the son of Seth, which was the son of Adam, which was the son of God. So Adam, being man, is called the son of God. And if you, uh, uh, um, if you fo uh, not follow, but if you study after some of, uh, of these guys who've got to really uh, study the Scripture a lot and should know this, they point out that Adam was called the son of God because Adam is the only one that was created by God. And, and so that's what they're saying. So Adam's the son of God because he was the only one created by God. Everybody after that is procreated through the, uh, uh, the, um, uh, God's creation of giving mankind the ability to procreate and have uh, babies. Angels can't do that, by the way. All right? Otherwise, Satan would have a massive army, wouldn't he? Have you ever thought about that? Sorry. Okay. But, uh, okay. Keeping in the context uh, with uh, which is flesh has become wicked, and this continues through Genesis 6:12. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was uh, corrupt. Now look, who corrupted it? For all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. Where's angels mentioned? Angels not mentioned. It's specific that all flesh had corrupted it. Okay? Uh, also notice the following verse, uh, Genesis 6:13. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. Not angels, 
the context is still human flesh, through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the, with the earth. So, flesh has become corrupt, flesh has become multiplying, God's going to destroy flesh with the earth, right? Save Noah, uh, eight souls, which gets, gets on the ark. A couple of important facts about angels, and this is some uh, we also went over. Angels do not marry. That's found in Matthew uh, uh, 22, 30. For in the resurrection, this is when the, the Sadducees was questioning Jesus about the resurrection. Okay, this, this, uh, you, you know the story, right? Where they're saying, okay, we'll give you a scenario. They was seven sons. The first one married and died. And then uh, 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 Moses said that, okay, the, uh, the, the, the next son in line was supposed to marry his wife to have seeds so that the first one would not uh, leave out a lineage, okay, and so forth. So seven had her. Whose wife will she be in the resurrection? That was the question. Jesus answers and said this. Of course, he told you, you know, not the scripture, okay. For in the resurrection, neither uh, they marry nor are given in marriage, but as the angels of God in heaven. So scripture tells us angels don't get married, all right. Now, we could get in why, okay, but the scripture will tell us that, but we'll go on. Angels are ministering spirits. That's what angels are for. And who are they to minister to? God uh, created angels to be ministering spirits, and Hebrew tells us for what reason, but to the which of the angels said he at any time, set thee on my right hand until I make thy enemies a footstool. Actually, it's not in that verse, it's later. And are they not all ministering spirits set forth to minister, verse 14 here, for them who shall be heirs of salvation. So now the scripture just told us what angels are, they're ministering spirits, and the purpose of a ministering spirit is to what? Those that will be heirs of salvation, it is their responsibility to help you in the, the coming to Christ. By what means? You know, uh, well, we're not, uh, that's not the topic we're going over tonight, but uh, that could probably get pretty lengthy. Angels don't have flesh and bones. Angels don't have flesh and bones. You say, ah, many angels have appeared in the Old Testament and mankind has seen them. That is absolutely true. But they don't have flesh and bones according to the Scripture. All right? They can manifest themselves where humans can see them and they can, they can move objects. They can, uh, you know, uh, knock people down. They can kill people as the death angel did uh, with the exodus out of Egypt. But they don't have flesh and bones according to Luke uh, 24, 39. Behold my hands and my feet, this is Jesus speaking and to his apostles, that it is I myself, handle me and see, for, I am a, for a spirit hath not flesh and bones as you see me have. Jesus the creator that created angels, okay, he tells you that angels don't have flesh and bones like we have, all right? So if they don't have flesh and bones, how in the world can they procreate? They can't, all right? This does not mean that angels cannot affect the behavior of mankind, but does mean that the angels cannot produce a baby from a human woman. I mean, you know, I, I'm from West Virginia. I dropped out in high school. I can understand that, okay? I mean, that's, it, it, you know, if I can understand it, you educated people, I'm sure I can. Now, notice I preface that with, if you don't agree with me, you're wrong. No, I, okay, all right. <laughs> I, I have to have fun because I'm so nervous up here. Notice that God's... Now, look. Notice something. God spake to Abraham. Okay, I'll give you the reference. God spake to Eve. God spake to Cain. And Cain was held accountable for his conduct. So, here you have man giving an account to their creator God. All right? And not in heaven, on earth. Uh, if you've, uh, and you've got to kind of follow his thought. 
God also spoke to Noah, and he spoke to many of the Old Testament uh, 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 patriarchs pre-flood. I mean, if you really study your Bible, you will see God was intimately involved from Adam even up until until now, speaking to specific people. How do you think Enoch walked walked with God and was not? All right? Okay, so here, you know, the the idea is what? that uh, God is communicating to these humans, all right? So uh, we go up to uh, also Rebecca and et cetera. So who are the sons of God in verse 2? Within the context, it is not angels, but mankind. You see that in the context, right? I mean, that's pretty obvious. But now, can I back it up with other scripture to tell you who the sons of God are? <clears throat> because we're going to deal with uh, some scripture out of Job, and also uh, I think it's First Peter. Uh, we might get there, we might not. So uh, could it be godly descendants? Because I have heard this, okay, uh, in, uh, in studying scripture, that the sons of God refer to the godly descendants of Seth. And my question was, prove it to me, all right? And that's what I'm going to try to do, all right? So... In Genesis, there's a difference between the offsprings of Cain and the offsprings of Seth as seen in the following verses. Now, pay attention to the verses here. So, God makes a distinction between those who follow him and those who do not. We see that in the, uh, the plagues in Egypt when uh, <coughs> the, uh, the land of Goshen, where the Hebrews were, did not see the plagues that f- fell upon uh, Egypt other than the, the part of Goshen. Because God made a distinction, and the scripture even says that, all right? So now look at this. <clears throat> Genesis 4, 16, and Cain went out from the presence of the Lord. Okay? This is where God puts a mark upon Cain, and Cain says, my punishment is too great. Cain makes a conscious decision. Okay, all right, I don't have to put up with this. I'm leaving. I mean, he didn't say that, but the scripture says this. And dwelled in the land of Nod on the east of Eden. Now look what Jude says about Cain. So we're going to the New Testament. Just look at what Jude says about Cain. Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain and ran greedily after the heir of Balaam for reward and perished in the gainsaying of Korah. Korah is also, we actually studied Korah in our Sunday school class, and that was really interesting. Now look what the scripture says about Seth. Because after Cain slew Abel, then Eve gave birth to Seth. Now look what the scripture says about Seth. And to Seth, to him also, they were born a son, and he called his name Enos. Now look, then man began to call upon the name of the Lord. So now you see a distinction between the descendants of Cain and the descendants of Seth. The descendants of Cain uh, went away from the presence of the Lord. The descendants of Seth seemed to... uh, uh, honor the Lord and follow his uh, precepts as uh, taught to him by God himself and also Adam, okay? Now, also notice that Cain is referred as being the son, uh, being of the wicked one, not his son, but being of the wicked one. For we, uh, You know who's, uh, uh, where Cain come from, right? Cain come from Eve. So Cain was not born of an angel, all right? However, they are a teaching, okay, uh, that uh, uh, misinterprets uh, 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 the Scripture because this Scripture was written in Hebrew, not in Greek. And then what some people try to do is that they try to take the words in Genesis and say, okay, well, the Greek translation of that word is, and they're making a big error because it wasn't written in Greek, 
It don't mean what the Greek word means. It means what the Hebrew word means, okay? And that's, that's interesting as you study scripture also. So, also notice that Cain is referred to as being the wicked one in John 3.12. Not as Cain, who was of that wicked one, and slew his brother, and were, uh, wherefore slew he him, because his own works were evil and his brother's righteous. Using the Bible, let's see who is referred to as the sons of God. You want to do that? Would you guys like to see what the Bible says, who the sons of God are? Are you excited? Okay. <laughs> well, okay. Hopefully you will be. All right. The following is ever occurrence of the phrase sons of God that I found. Now, the phrase is sons of God. All right. Hello. Genesis 6-2, which we've already read, that the sons of God saw the daughters of man. All right. So in the context, I think we would agree that in the context, it's no, not a single reference that you can make that it means angels. But that's not enough proof. All right? Then quit that. Genesis 6-4. I'm teasing with him. I don't know if it's a loose wire up there or somewhere. All right, Genesis 6-4. They were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God... Okay, we read that verse. So now let's go into Job. All right? Job says this. Now they were also a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord... Now look, look, see how this scripture is written. And Satan came also among them. You notice something there? So let me give you a, a, a picture, okay? Let's say you have what the Bible refers to as the sons of God coming to present themselves to God, and Satan comes amongst them. All right, what does the scripture say? And Satan, uh, and Satan also comes among them. So now you start thinking a little bit different about this phrase. And it don't mean that this is happening in heaven. It, that, you, know, you have to draw that out yourself. It doesn't mean what's taking place here is God in heaven, and God says, okay, all you angels, and Satan comes amongst them. That's not what's taking place. And I think I will prove that by the time we're done. Not that I will prove it, but that's what I think Scripture will say. So then in uh, 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 Job 2, 1, and again we see this phrase. And again there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. Now look, and Satan came also among them to present himself before the Lord. Now let's think about what's happening in the Garden of Eden. You have Adam, you have Eve. Okay, they disobey God because Eve is deceived by uh, uh, Satan, okay, the serpent. And then what happens is God comes and says, Adam, where art thou? Adam's given an account. Eve's given an account. You know somebody else gives an account? Satan. Satan gave an account. Okay? So don't find it strange of what's taking place here, here in Job. is not angels. And I'm saying that affirmatively. This is not speaking of angels. Now, Notice something here in Job, uh, Job uh, 38. Pay close attention to what the Scripture is saying here. When the morning stars sang together, who's referred to as a morning star? Jesus Christ. He's a bright and morning star, right? Do you know that angels, are angels ever referred to as a star? 
What about the star in Revelation that is sent down, and in his hand, the scripture says, is the key of the bottomless pit, and he opens up the bottomless pit, okay, and the locusts come out, and we studied that when we was in Revelation. So here you have a star with a hand opening up the bottomless pit. So what reference is that making? It's making a reference to an angel as a star. Now, look at this. So when the morning star, when the morning stars sang together, and all the sons of God shouted for joy. So you just naturally think, okay, these are all angelic beings. Not the case. It's not the case. I think we've misunderstood this scripture also. Now we go to New Testament, uh, Romans 8.14. See what, uh, what uh, Romans 8.14 says. All right. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the what? Sons of God. Ha-ha! So here we have Scripture telling us who the sons of God are. Now let's continue. What about uh, Romans 8, 19? For the earnest expectation of the creation, waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. Who's that referring to? The, the creation is waiting for when the Son of God will reveal the, the sons of God, which are those that believe, okay, and all the problems will be taken away. Creation is waiting for that, all right? Now let's continue, all right? So thus far, I, our Scripture has told us who sons of God are. But let's continue here. What about Philippians 2.15? That, uh, that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God. Who's it talking about? Believers. In the context, it's talking about you and I. So who's the sons of God? Human flesh. Those who have believed in the Messiah, Jesus Christ. What about 1 John 3, 1? Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Still yet, who is it talking about? Believers. Sons of God. What about uh, John 3, 2? Behold, now are we the sons of God. That's ever occurrence that I found in the, in the Old Testament, New Testament that refers to the phrase sons of God. Now, would you not agree that the understanding of sons of God is not anything to do with angels? But notice here. So I thought, okay, Lord, are angels referred to as sons of God? I have not found. Now look, and I've looked, okay? <laughs> because... If I have made a mistake and the Lord has not showed me, this is pretty embarrassing, right? <laughs> but it's not. Because nowhere have I found that angels are ever referred to as the sons of God in Scripture. It's only, by, it's only taking Scripture out of context that we arrive at this understanding. So with that, the... Sons of God are those who were not only obeyed God, but was looking and trusting in the Redeemer to come. You notice the Redeemer was promised when Adam and Eve had no children? Don't you remember that? That's in Scripture. I will, bru uh, you know, I will uh, he shall bruise thy uh, heel and thou shalt bruise his head. Prophetic of Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, Cain and Abel hasn't been born yet. So now you see the line of Seth, okay, who was looking for the Redeemer, 
And Cain, who said, nope, I'm not looking for the Redeemer. I can take care of myself. So now you have two lines split. So you have the sons of God that are those who are the righteous because they believe. And then you have the ones that are not the sons of God. Okay? But now we have another, another question, right? All right. One more topic. Uh, let's see if I cover everything. Uh, okay. If this uh, being the case, then the sons of God being God-fearing men sin by taking ungodly women as, as wives. Is this not consistent with other scripture? And what do I mean by that? As you study the Old Testament, there's one, there's one uh, theme that God has for the nation of Israel. Don't take unto thyself of, the, of a non-Israel uh, 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 woman. I don't want, you know, it's, just, it's very important. You see when, when uh, uh, you have uh, Jacob and Esau, uh, right, Jacob and Esau, and uh, uh, Rebekah, Jacob's wife, and Jacob did not want Esau to take of uh, the heathen women, okay? Even though uh, Esau known that displeased because of everything that happened, he did that. But then you have, uh, 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 let's see here. Uh, well, Jacob and Esau was of, uh, of, uh, I, um, of Israel, which was Jacob. Okay, am I getting them confused there? Help me out. Okay, Isaac and Rebekah, and who was the other? Esau, right? Huh? Okay, thank you very much. Okay. Much studying does make me mad. Okay. All right, thank you. All right, so now, one more topic to cover with this study. What about the phrase in verse 4, they were giants in the earth in those days? Well, we've already, I think we've already pretty well covered. It has nothing to do with angels. All right, but now, why were they giants? Okay, because the scripture says they were. Well, they were giants in the earth in those days. Some would suppose that the genetic alteration of angels, this came about. We know that to be false, but why were they giants? Why does uh, people grow bigger than other people? I mean, that's really what you're asking, right? All right. So just because uh, Shaq is bigger than me, does that mean Shaq's? My dad is an angel. I mean, think about this. Let's just logically think this out. Okay? But let's see. All right. Is it possible that these men were bullies going against God's plan for mankind? Is this not consistent with other scripture where giants are mentioned? Now you start looking at giants. Everywhere that I could find that a giant is mentioned, they were anti-God. They was, they was all, always trying to, to, uh, to uh, hinder the working of God. Why? I don't know. Okay? Uh, and, uh, you, and you'll find that. You, do you notice that they was giants during uh, 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 was, um, uh, David, when David slew Goliath? That was quite a ways after this time period we're talking about. So is it that odd that they were giants? So right away, do we have to assume that to get a giant, you have to have an angel, which does not have uh, uh, flesh and, and blood, to come down and somehow, and what you get into is, you get into what God did with his only begotten son, Jesus Christ. You see the danger that you're getting into? 
Okay, I, I see it as a danger, and that's what bothers me to no end with, uh, when somebody believes this. So let's look at what we got here. Men of great size are spoken of from Genesis through 1 Chronicles 28, which was well after the flood. To assume that great size came by way of angel, uh, angels and women cohabitating is far-stretched. And why is it only women that this allegedly happened to? Why not female uh, angels with men, if so be the case? How, how can you prove that? <laughs> that's, just, that's just an assumption. But you're correct, okay? Because anywhere an angel is mentioned, an angel is always mentioned in the masculine sense, okay? And angels don't have flesh and blood, uh, bones, uh, flesh and bones as, we, as uh, Christ said he had, okay? If you also notice that angels are not given in marriage, Angels was never created to procreate, nor can they. An angel cannot have a baby. All they can do is corrupt things if they go against God. So, now you see how ridiculous it gets when one strays from the context of Scripture. You can come up with all kinds of nonsense, can't you? If you, if you take Scripture out of context, all right, now we have, we have a Job to deal with now, though, don't we? All right, so uh, notice a distinction between the, son, uh, uh, between the sons of God and Satan, and don't forget uh, Job 38.7 or jo, uh, Jude 1.6. Maybe believers should study the Bible for themselves as rule number two states, better yet, as the Bible states, Ephesians 4.14 that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of man and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. As God has set boundaries for his creation, he has also set boundaries for every aspect of creation, including angels. All right? So as you study the scripture, uh, um, and, and, you know, if I... Uh, if I try to convince you because, well, you know, I have a degree when I'm not against degrees, and this word translated back in the Hebrew and all that, okay, I mean, to me, that's a bunch of nonsense. Because as I study the Bible, and I have a, uh, I have a, a Young's Concordance and some other help, and you start looking at the word, the, the, the King James Bible seems to get it right every time. And you say, well, I disagree with you. Well, study the context and see what you come up with. Right. Okay? Study the context and see what you come up with. All right? Now, so uh, mankind has always been required to give an account as seen with Adam in the garden. So think it not strange in Job that maybe this is what is taking place and Satan appears with them, Job 1.6. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan came also among them. For what reason but to accuse? That's what he did. So here you have the sons of God. Where did it take place? To me, I think it took place here on earth. Because if you, if you look at the, uh, the uh, Moses and the wandering of the wilderness with the children, the, they gave an account to God. And it was here on the earth they gave an account. Not a, uh, not a bunch of angels giving an account, okay? So I think you really have to stretch the Scripture to come up with the idea that Job is talking about angels, all right? Where the sons of God are mentioned, every occurrence is talking about human flesh, mankind, preferably 
those that believe in God the Creator in every occurrence. All right? Now, if, if you disagree with me, that's fine. I just challenge you to study the Scripture and, and see what you come up with because I think you'll come up with the same conclusion. All right? Now, Job uh, 1 6. Now, there, there was that, okay, we, uh, among them, for what reason? Now, 2 Timothy 2.15, which says, Study to show thyself approved unto God. You know what we get into? We, and, and this is interesting, there's, in our study in John, they love the praise of man more than the praise of God. All right? They love the praise of man more than the praise of God. And that's, that's why you see all this social uh, media and stuff where people trying to get praise from mankind. What about the praise of God? That's what God asks you to do. Study to show thyself approved, a workman that needs not be ashamed, rightly divine the word, word of truth, okay? Uh, show, uh, study, to show thyself, uh, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needs not be ashamed, rightly divine the word of truth. All right? So, that's our uh, how to study the Bible part two, but we have something special for you. You got the USB turned on? Cause, because uh, don't turn it up, just take it out of mute, okay? <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, if you turn it up too loud, it gets that. There's nothing wrong, you just got the volume up too loud. That's our sound guys and me. We always, uh, so looky right here. Thank you for attending our midweek service. I hope this class has provoked you to study the Word of God more. And then uh, I thought about Mrs. Warnick as I was leaving uh, last Sunday when Pastor got done. She said, let's talk about Jesus. You know what? That is profitable. Let's t- Paul even says this, that I might know him and the power of the resurrection. And that scripture boggles my mind. Here you have an apostle, the writer of the scripture, saw Jesus Christ in the flesh, was taught of Christ for three years, okay? And this is after his resurrection and ascension. Christ came, came back to teach Paul for three years, and we study that in Sunday school, and I think it's, uh, we prove it uh, by scripture. Taught Paul personally, face-to-face for three years, because Paul was an apostle, like chosen of Jesus Christ, and Paul says that I might know him in the power of his resurrection, saying, okay, Paul, what do you mean that you might know him? Don't you already know everything? All right. Evidently, uh, Paul was desirous to know more. And here we have our special treat for you. Are you ready? It's our song.